Thank you. Nicely done. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, um, we've been praying for our dear sister, Hannah Pagalunen, and I keep praying for her because it's working. It's good to see her up here on the piano there playing for some of the uh, hymns tonight. And so you just take it easy, though. Careful there, Miss Hannah. We still need you to last a little while, huh? <laughs> she, she's a go-getter. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's take our Bibles tonight and uh, open to the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 11, if you would. I would like to continue this theme on faith. And um, you know something? There's a few themes I think we can't get enough of. There's prayer. There's the word of God. Soul winning. Holy living. Faith. Faith is a very, very important theme that we need to hear repeated and from different angles because it concerns our whole life folks we got saved by faith none of us got saved by works none of us got saved by making down payments and installment payments none of us earned it or deserved it or won it as some kind of prize in a raffle we all got saved the very same way by faith and we're supposed to live by faith as well and so uh, we want to talk about faith tonight. If you'll notice verse one, a very familiar verse to you all. And uh, you keep your seats, but uh, read verse one out loud with me, would you please? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for faith and what it can accomplish. And it seems we know so little about it. Our Father, we ask that you would please increase our faith, increase our ability, even though we may not fully understand all about faith and the workings of it and the dynamics of it. Certainly the fish in the sea and the birds in the air don't understand all there is to know about the physics in the little world in which they live. And yet they exercise the gifts you've given them and they do it splendidly. Lord, you've called upon us to walk by faith. Help us, Father, to do just that and to be pleasing in your sight each and every day. Please bless us now as we, we go through this message. Speak to our hearts and, Lord, increase our faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to tell you uh, a little story. And I've been researching this and I cannot find that it's a false story made up a hoax or anything like that. As far as I know, it's a true story. And uh, it happened back in the 1930s. A letter was found in a baking powder can wired to the handle of an old water pump out in the middle of the, uh, the desert in Nevada down in the States. It was along a, a seldom used trail. And here's what the letter said. This pump is all right as of June 1932. I put a new sucker washer into it and it ought to last five years. But the washer dries out and the pump has to got to be primed. 
Under the white rock I buried a bottle of water out of the sun, cork and up. There's enough water in it to prime the pump, but not if you drink some first. Pour about one-fourth and let her soak to wet the leather. That would be the washer, the thing he put in there. Then pour in the rest medium fast and pump like crazy. You'll get water. The well has never run dry. Have faith. When you get watered up, fill the bottle and put it back like you found it in for the next feller. And the letter is signed Desert Pete. P.S. Don't go drinking the water first. Prime the pump with it and you'll get all you can hold. Now, if, if that was you crossing over the Nevada desert, thirsty, and you found that pump and that letter, and he told you there's a bottle of water parked under a rock, but you got to use it to prime the pump, what would you have done? I imagine there are people who would have just grabbed the bottle of water and just drank the whole thing, thrown it away, and kept walking. But I like to think that there would be others that would follow the instructions, and that would take faith. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the difference between trust and faith. Do you remember that? Yes? What is the basic difference between trust and faith? What is it? The key element that faith has that trust alone doesn't. Heavenly trust. So the presence of God. When we talk about faith, we're talking about trust in God. You can have trust in the devil, I suppose, or trust in fellow man, or trust in that pew in which you're sitting. But when you get God into the picture, that's when we call it faith. So that's kind of the difference there. Now, sometimes we use those two words interchangeably, and I might do that tonight, but please understand that what I'm meaning is trust in God, heavenly faith. Now, here we have an interesting verse. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith itself is invisible. You can't grab it. It's unseen. And yet, faith is the substance of things hoped for, meaning that we hope in God for something to happen. According to his word, he says, if we do thus and so, he will do this and that. And so our faith is the substance now of the this and that that we're hoping for. We do our part. God does his part. It goes on to say, it's the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to tell you something that may confuse you or, or shock you. I don't know. But you folks are the evidence of things not seen. You are the evidence of things not seen. Now you might wonder, what are you talking about? I'm talking 20 years ago, 20 and a half years ago, when we first started Grace Baptist Church. And there were six of us in our living room. My family of five and one old lady with us. And that was the early beginning. And faith in God's leading, that God was leading us to start Grace Baptist Church. And that one day, it would be a well-established church with a good-sized church family. And 20 years ago, faith is all we had. And faith was the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 
And here's the evidence right here today. You understand now? You're the evidence. You're the evidence of that faith. But it doesn't end here. Because faith goes on. There are still things we don't have. People that are not yet here at the church. Listen, buildings we don't have yet either, right? We've been talking about it. Talking about a new building for the church. And the only building that I know of that's still available, that's going to bring God incredible glory is that building up on 104. And I hope you're praying. Maybe what you ought to pray, if you don't know how to pray, Lord, our pastor says, that that's the building that you have for us. Well, I don't know if he's right or wrong. But Lord, would you please lead in his heart and show him where the building is, where the promised land is for our church. Because it's out there, folks. It's out there. We just don't have it. We can't see it. But that's where faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I have all the faith in the world that God is going to supply us a promised land. I do, I do, I do. As I stand here, I have no question in my heart whatsoever. I have perfect faith. I could jump off the roof knowing God is going to catch. I have that kind of faith. In, uh, in his uh, great operations, the apostles, remember, back in Luke 17, made this request of the Lord, increase our faith. You remember that? We preached about that. Increase our faith. I hope that every day you're looking to get your faith strengthened and increased. And I hope you can honestly say that you have more faith in God and in his leading that today than you did a week ago, a year ago. I hope that every one of us can grow in faith. Now, the disciples often made some serious requests of the Lord and they felt that they had a, a big need for increased faith. And I know that I feel that every time I get alone with God in the prayer closet, I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm so weak. I, I get alone with God and I get on my face before God and I, I feel like I, I have very little faith and I'm always asking him, Lord, increase my faith, increase my faith. Not faith in crazy things, but faith in God's word. Now, there's an interesting story of in 1893, an engineer by the name of George Ferris built a new contraption and it bears his name today. It's called the Ferris wheel. How many have ever been on a Ferris wheel? Raise your hand. All right. How many have ever gotten stuck on a Ferris wheel? Anybody? Uh, not yet. Okay. Oh, I see one hand. Okay. Well, the Ferris wheel, there's big ones and small ones and you see them at these, uh, circuses and places like that. Well, when it was very first built, no one knew quite what it would do. No one knew if it was going to work or fall over or, or what was going to happen. So when it was all finished and time to unveil the Ferris wheel, George Ferris invited a newspaper reporter to accompany him and his wife for the inaugural ride on the Ferris wheel. And it was a windy day in July of 1893 and a stiff breeze blew hard against the wheel with great force. Uh, but despite the wind, the Ferris wheel, it performed flawlessly. And after one complete revolution, Ferris called for the machine to be stopped so that he and his wife and the reporter could step out. And 
in braving one revolution on a wind blowing Ferris wheel, each of the occupants, all three of them could demonstrate now experiential faith. Before that, it was just kind of head knowledge that they were trusting George Ferris's word, but now they had some tangible experience. You see the difference after you've taken your ride on the Ferris wheel and you get off and live to tell about it. And you can say, I've done it, been there, done that. I know what it's like. And faith is like that. It's sort of like a muscle. We all have faith, every one of us. And we just need to work the muscle. But after you've followed God through uh, the valley of the shadow a couple of times, after you've believed his promises and seen him meet those promises and never fail you and provide for you over a period of time, your faith becomes experiential faith. You've got something that you can draw on that should help you to increase the faith. It's like one hand washes the other, which is uh, what we're talking about these days with coronavirus. And you ought to wash your hands frequently every day. One hand washes the other. Have you ever tried to wash one hand all by itself? Have you ever tried that? Not that easy, is it? You really need that other hand to get in there and help. And faith grows more when you have a little experiential faith. You've got the, the word of God. And then you've got your experience in walking with God or whatever it is that God has called you to. Now, a couple of things that we're going to need faith for. Number one, we're going to need faith to be able to walk with God day by day. You have to do it. That's what we're called upon to do. We need faith for walking. Now, we've got Hebrews 11 open here for us. We've got a couple of examples of it. In verse number five, it says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. So there uh, in the Bible are two men who uh, left planet earth and did not go through the portal of death. One of them is Enoch. Who was the other one? Elijah, right? Those two men seem to, uh, to get to heaven and not, not have to physically die. However, I have it on good assurance that there are untold millions that will go to heaven and not have to die. And that day could be sooner than we think. And that's what we call the rapture, the catching away when Jesus comes in the clouds. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 15 and first Thessalonians chapter four talk of this glorious time when Jesus comes with a trumpet and we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So that is, that is the Christian hope. But here, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. And if you look at the very next verse, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's number one. You got to believe that God is out there. Number two, and that he, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There are people that believe God's out there, but they don't believe that God will reward them if they come to him. You need both. You got to have both. You got to believe that God is out there. You might not see him or hear him, touch him, but he's out there. Number two, that there's a reward in it for you. If you'll seek God, 
If you'll seek God, you have to have them both. And Enoch had this by faith. He walked with God one day at a time, one step at a time. He would walk with God and you and I can do the same thing. Every single day we can walk with God. If we will, if we want it, God will walk with us. That's good news. Abraham, we find him in verse eight. Abraham walked by faith, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, which he should have to receive for an inheritance obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. That took some faith. Where are you going, Abraham? Truth is, I don't know. Oh, how are you going to know when you get there? Well, I imagine God will tell me. Who is God? Well, I haven't met him yet. You see the predicament that the old Abraham would have found himself in. And he sure didn't do it by sight. He did it by faith. Trusting that what God was saying was true. And so we have these examples here. Abraham actually gave up a rather comfortable life in the town called Ur, U-R. Boy, how different our lives would be if we could walk by faith like Abraham. A Christian walks with God by believing God's word. If you're blessed enough to have a copy of this old book, the Bible, you've got God's word. This is the greatest book in the world, bar none. There is no book greater than the Bible. And if you've got one, you can walk with God by believing what God says. God said it. I believe it. Oh, that settles it. That's that's how our motto should, should be. We can walk with God by believing what he says. Not by arguing with God. Not by picking holes and debating and arguing all these things. We walk with God and we will be rewarded. That's what verse six says. We will be rewarded. I read a story that how that during the second world war in the, uh, the blitz, as they call it, when the, uh, the Nazi bombers were coming over the channel and dropping their bombs on England and particularly around London, In 1940 to 1941, it was known as the Blitz, and it was a horrible time to live. Not knowing when the sirens would go off, and you'd have to instantly drop what you're doing and try and run to one of the the shelters. They were using the subways as bomb shelters. Other people would dig little bomb shelters in their backyard. These were common things. And I read a story um, about um, what happened during the Blitz a father holding his small boy by the hand. The two of them ran from the building that had been struck by a bomb in the front yard of their house. There was a large shell hole where a bomb had previously hit and seeking shelter as quickly as possible. The father jumped into the hole and he held out his arms for his son to follow. But terrified, uh, the boy was looking around. He could hear his father's voice telling him to jump. But the boy said, father, I can't see you. And of course it was dark. It was at night when this was happening. And the father was down in the shell hole looking up and he could see the silhouette of his boy against the, uh, the, the red tinted sky, the crimson sky there by the, the burning buildings. 
And so the father said, but I can see you jump. And so the boy just jumped and the father caught him. And the Christian faith is much the same way. It's not so much a blind leap in the dark, not knowing where we're going. Our father says, it's me. I'm here. We tune into the sound of his voice and we jump toward the sound of his voice. And the father says, says, catch me. And so we, we really need faith to walk with God every day. You read the Bible to find out what God says he wants you to do. And then by faith, you do it. The Bible says to repent and believe and be saved. So you do it. After we're saved, the Bible says to be baptized, join the church. So we do it. And on and on it goes. And it's a glorious walk with God. So we need faith in order to walk with God. You cannot please God by walking by sight. You please God by walking by faith. Number two, we need faith for worship. Not just for walking, but also for worshiping. And worship ought to be part of our daily routine with God. If you're not worshiping, then you're really not living by faith. Um, there's many things we cannot understand. The death of a child, the affliction of dedicated Christians, why good things happen, bad things I should say happen to good people. Maybe the home going of a Christian worker who was just serving God and, and we don't understand. But we do know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's sort of a humorous story about a man who fell off a cliff. But he managed to grab hold of a branch of a tree that had been growing out of the side of the cliff. And he was hanging there precariously. And hundreds of feet below him was the gorge. And he cried out with all his heart, Is anybody up there? And then a voice was heard, I am here. I am the Lord. Do not be afraid. Do you believe me? <clears throat> the man said, yes, Lord. I believe. I really believe. But I also believe I can't hold on much longer. Well, that's all right, said the Lord. If you really believe you have nothing to worry about, I will save you. Let go of the branch. And there was a silence for a moment. And the man said, is anyone else up there? And sadly, that's us. When God says, this is the way, walk ye in it. And we're saying, I don't like that way. Maybe there's another way. And we're looking for plan B, plan C. Sometimes if we don't like plan B. But oftentimes we're called upon to worship God, even in the midst of tragedy. You remember reading in the book of Job, the tragedies he went through. And in chapter one, the losses he suffered were incredible. He literally went from riches to rags and he lost his children as well. And his response was, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Now he did that by faith. You know, he did that by faith. He worshiped God by faith. Even in chapter two, when the devil was allowed to go after him physically, made him a wreck physically. And he must've lost a lot of weight. I think his bones were protruding through his skin or just about. He had all kinds of um, sores all over his body. But he worshiped God. You do that by faith. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill and the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but have to sigh when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must. But don't you quit. And we can't quit on God. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. The coronavirus has been shaking the the world's economy. It's put a lot of businesses out of business. It's changed the face of how we, we do economy. A lot of people are frightful, worried. We need to worship God. 3,300 people have died. We still need to worship God. The virus has found its way into Canada. We need to worship God. 21 cases of it here in BC. Continue to worship God. You see, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know the one that holds tomorrow, don't we? Yes, we do. And the same God who loved us and saved us and is building a mansion for us in heaven and will come for us one day. That very same God is going to watch over us day by day. And we've got the promise of God. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. If you're here tonight and you're saved, that promise applies to your life. That's so important. Let us pray that we'll continue to grow in faith and we'll trust God's promise and, and worship him even during bad times. A woman by the name of Dickens wrote a book entitled Miracles of Courage. And in it, she told of a little two-year-old boy named David who had leukemia. And he was taken by his his mother, Deborah, to a general hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, to see a Dr. John Truman, T-R-U-M-A-N. He specialized in treating children with cancer and various blood diseases. Dr. Truman's prognosis was actually devastating. He said, your boy has a 50-50 chance of living. The countless clinic visits, the blood tests, the intravenous drugs, the fear and the pain, the mother's ordeal can be almost as bad as the child's because she must stand by unable to bear the pain herself. And David never cried in the waiting room. And although his friends in the clinic had to, to hurt him and stick needles in him, he remembered his mother's smile. He was always sure of a welcome he got with her. When David was three, he had to have a spinal tap. That's a painful procedure at any age. 
I think our dear sister Hannah is going to be having a spinal tap soon. It was explained to him that because he was sick, Dr. Truman had to do something to make him better. His mother, Deborah said to David, son, if it hurts, remember it's because he loves you. And the procedure was actually horrendous. <laughs> it took three nurses to hold David still while he yelled and sobbed and struggled. And when it was almost over, the tiny boy soaked in sweat and tears, looked up at the doctor and gasped the words. Thank you, Dr. Tuman, for my hurting. You see, this is what the Lord is looking for as a response in his children is when we can say the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He maketh no mistakes. That's what God is looking for. And he's looking to hear our voice. Some people lose faith in God when they go through affliction, but others have their faith increased and they continue to worship God and trust God. And these Christians are the Christians who have blessed the world the most are the Christians that suffer and yet worship the Lord. Well, we need faith for walking and we need faith for worshiping and we need faith for working. We need faith for working Lord, increase our faith that we might work for you. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It takes faith to work for God when you don't see any results. It takes faith to work for God when others are laughing at you. We've got a story here in verse 7. Look at it. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. That means rain it had never rained ever in earth's history up to that point. Water had always come from the ground up. It had never come from the sky down. And so Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen yet. Uh, he moved with fear, prepared an ark. That's that great big long boat to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. And here we have Noah working hard for God for 120 years. He laid out the beams. He cut down the trees and sawed the planks and so on. He and his sons, possibly he would have hired some help. Possibly. Probably not. It was him and his boys. 120 years. That took a lot of faith. You know that the, uh, the two brothers, the Wright brothers, who really got the plane in the sky, you know, those guys, the Wright brothers, they la they, people laughed at them. A man stood up and he said these words, if God had meant for man to fly, God would have given man wings. Who was that man? It was the father of the Wright brothers. They didn't get much encouragement from their own father. And yet they believed in something that was true. 
Alexander Graham Bell labored for years working away on that telephone, believing in something that was true. Henry Ford, the same thing. Noah preached while he worked. People laughed. He continued building the ark while people laughed. Nehemiah in the Old Testament felt called of God to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. The enemies laughed. They tried to pull Nehemiah away from the work. They said, come and meet us down here in the plain of Ono. That was the name of the place. He said, I'm doing a great work, so I cannot come down. They concocted lies against Nehemiah, but he kept right on working. You know, it takes faith to work for God, to keep on working for God, to keep on living for God and doing the right thing, to keep on working a bus route, to keep on teaching a Sunday school, to keep on ministering as an usher or in the nursery or in any aspect of the church. It takes faith because Satan is against you and he's going to try and stop you from serving the Lord. And you can't serve God by sight. If you only serve God when you receive men's applause, it won't last. One day, There'll be no more applause. That's the day you'll quit serving God. No, you need to keep on working. Part of your work is coming to church. Did you know that? Did you know that? Part of your work in serving God is coming to church. God will reward that in heaven one day. That's why we need to come to church by faith. But what if it's raining? We come anyhow. What if there's some snow? Well, we come to church. What if it's a sunny day and I hear the golf course and the beach calling my name? Well, you put corks in your ears and you come to church. We come by faith. Well, what if we've had an argument at home? You come to church. Well, what if I got a bloodied nose out of it? Well, you're going to need a band-aid, but come to church. What if I'm sick? Well, then you stay home and you watch online and you can donate online too, by the way. And by the way, it works. This morning we had several people of our church people, our regulars stayed at home. They watched online and they donated their tithes online. So the system works. Praise God for that. It takes faith though, to keep on going. We started Grace Baptist Church in obedience to the Lord and his command to reach the city and reach the world. And that's 20 and a half years ago. And it, it's been a great experience, but there's been some opposition. It all hasn't been, you know, roses and cookies. There's been some opposition. The devil doesn't like our church. Unfortunately, he knows our address. So he's brought opposition to us. You know what we did? We kept on serving the Lord. Seven years ago, we started a Bible college. Well, that was something like of the lead balloon. What is the pastor up to now? And I'll tell you, 
we've had our times of, of toughness. There wasn't quite enough money. There wasn't quite enough help. There wasn't quite enough prayer. But we kept on. And God has always gotten us through. Isn't that amazing? We did it by faith. You see, if it's God's work, it's going to succeed. Amen. It surely will. Wow. How is it with your life? How is your faith doing? Are you walking with God by faith? Is that what you do on Mondays and Tuesdays, Wednesday and Thursday? You get up, you meet with God, and then you walk with God throughout the day. Maybe you get on the sky train or get in your car or a carpool and go to work or something. Do you do it by faith? What about your school? Do you do that by faith? Knowing that you're where God wants you to be and you're living there and doing your best. Serving the master. Are you doing it by faith? Are you worshiping by faith? When was the last time you really worshiped the Lord? Hey, when was the last time something lousy happened to you? Think about it. Now, did you worship the Lord during that time? Oh, maybe not at the very beginning, but shortly thereafter, did you worship the Lord? And how about working? Are you serving him? Are you serving the Lord? What are you doing to serve the Lord? Doing it by faith. You see why we need faith? Yes. Amen. Listen, when we get to heaven, you're going to find out these things are true. You're going to find out. You may doubt them here, but you'll find out in heaven. What about faith to become a better soul winner? Do you think that that's how we could become a better soul winner is by faith? Does that make sense? Yes. Soul Winners Academy is coming up. It's around the corner. It's a month from now. Why don't you sign up? You say, I took it once. Then take it again. It's like when you read the Bible, what should you do? Go back and read the Bible again. Your Soul Winners Academy will strengthen you and help you and increase your faith. It'll give you more joy. Say, but, 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 but I'm not ready to go out and knock on doors. Then don't. You don't have to. Just take the training. Take the training, get on board and, and take the training. Win yourself a, a pin. Get the training. How about sacrifice Sunday? That's coming up the end of this month. Let's do that by faith. Take one week's pay above and beyond your regular tithes, above and beyond your regular, your uh, faith promise above that. Give one week's salary as a sacrifice to God. And that's going to really help us as a church to move ahead and make a quantum leap for God. My wife and I are getting excited about it. We got a little bit of tax money coming in. That's going to help us. We're looking forward to it. It's the end of this month. Would you get on the bandwagon with us? You say, but I only got a little two-bit job at, you know, Timmy Hortons. And they only pay me you know, spit and a donut. Well, I guess 
keep your spit, but bring in your donut, I suppose. I don't know, but pray about it. Pray about it and ask God what he'd have you do. But the bottom line is by faith. By faith. Let's ask God to increase our faith tonight. Would you stand to your feet?